Welcome, everybody. Happy Easter. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the privilege of coming into your home through your devices, whether you're located here in Waukesha, Pewaukee, Milwaukee, maybe around the country, maybe around uh, the world. And, uh, you know, maybe this is the first time for you or, or maybe you haven't uh, been in a, in a while. What, what an honor it is uh, to have you with us today as we celebrate the most important event in all of uh, history. But before I get into the Easter message, I want to just take a moment and say thank you. Last Saturday, we did this event where we had a food drop-off and Easter kit pickup. And uh, as you can see, we uh, practiced COVID-19 safety guidelines. We gave out almost 400 Easter at-home kits, and we collected about 20 barrels of uh, food. Uh, one of our staff members uh, took some of the food in her vehicle, and when she delivered it to the uh, food pantry, the need is so great that they didn't even take the food into the building. They took it right out of her vehicle, and they put it into the trunks of people in need. So thank you for your generosity. I just love the way that our church is meeting needs in our community, especially during this time of, of crisis. So thank you for your generosity. And I also want to thank all of you, for your, all of you who call River Glen home, for your ongoing generosity and uh, you're continuing to worship God through your tithes and offerings. It is making a difference. I know that we're not able to meet you know, in person right now, but you know what? We are actually reaching more people than ever before. Over 2,000 people watching us online on the weekends. We've got our groups and our ministries online as well. People are spiritually hungry. And so thank you for your generosity. God is using it to reach more people and to change more lives. If you're not sure how to give electronically, uh, it's really easy. Just go to riverglen.cc uh, forward slash give, or you can text the word riverglen to 77977, and you'll get a link. You click on that link, and you can use the safe and secure PushPay uh, app. I also want to take a moment and invite you back next weekend because we're beginning a new series. I'm really excited about this series called Anxious for nothing. Uh, we're going to address the topic of anxiety head on. We, we planned this series several months ago. I don't know if you know this, long before uh, the coronavirus, the American Medical Association called anxiety a national crisis. And so it's very likely that you or maybe somebody that you love struggles with this. And so next weekend, we're beginning a four-week series we're going to teach from Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to help you to write a new chapter in your life when it comes to anxiety. So uh, don't miss it. Uh, you might be anxious. If you miss next weekend, be sure to join us. I think it's going to be a, a really helpful and, and fun series. And during this series, we're going to take a few minutes to thank and encourage and pray for healthcare workers. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. We would love for you to send us pictures, send us a picture of a healthcare worker that you care about and that you love. You can send it to this link right here or this email address, artsatriverglen.cc, and we'll show them and we'll pray for them. I'm really pumped up about this series. But this weekend is my favorite weekend of the year because we get to celebrate the resurrection of uh, Jesus. Now, we don't have a lot of traditions around here, but uh, many traditions around, many churches around the world have a, a tradition on Easter Sunday that I wanna do with you, uh, but I'm gonna need your, your help. Maybe some of you are familiar with it. 
it, it goes like this. I say, uh, Christ is risen. And then you respond and say, it, with Easter enthusiasm, he is risen indeed. And uh, you can respond in your living room. You can you know, elbow the person next to you. If they're not responding, you can get on the chat and put a lot of exclamations. And so you ready? Let's give this a try, all right? All right, here we go. Christ is risen. Okay, that was good, I think. One more time, all right? And this time, like, your, like life depends on it, all right? Christ is risen. All right, uh, very good. Today we celebrate the greatest miracle in all of history some 2,000 years ago when Jesus resurrected from the grave. Everything changed on that Sunday. Now, I know it feels different this Easter. I mean, uh, we've never had an Easter in our country when people have not, you know, crowded uh, church buildings, filled up church buildings. But you know what? They didn't gather in big crowds that first Easter. It was just a few people who encountered the empty tomb. And so, you know, we're going to do Easter throwback style uh, this year, like, just like they did in the first century. And I think it's going to be very meaningful and even powerful. One of the disciples of Jesus named Matthew recorded what happened on that first Easter Sunday. Here's what he writes in Matthew chapter 28. Let me read it to you. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. And so the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. On that uh, first Easter morning, these two women go to the grave to grieve and care for the body of Jesus, but they experience something shocking. I mean, so shocking that it just stops you in your tracks. You, you, you lose your breath. So shocking, it leaves your head spinning. They expected to encounter a, 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 a tomb, uh, but instead they encountered a risen Savior. Jesus is alive, and this moment changed absolutely everything about their lives. And this is the message of Easter. This is the good news of Easter. Jesus is alive. We have a risen Savior. But you know what? Here's the reality for many of us on Easter Sunday. We don't really expect anything to be different on Monday. And Easter Sunday, we have our chocolate eggs and Marshmallow uh, bunnies, which is what I love about Easter, something I love about it. You know, you can eat candy for breakfast. And maybe we don't dress up in our Easter, Easter best, but we still, you know, take a picture, get our family together probably, and post it on Facebook or Instagram with an Easter greeting. But then tomorrow, many of us will still expect to feel alone and isolated. You know, maybe you've been... Uh, home uh, alone, or, you know, just feeling 
isolated during this season of social distancing and it's been a real struggle. Or maybe you're not physically alone, but you've never felt more isolated. Tomorrow looks lonely. Uh, Tomorrow, many of us still expect to feel inadequate to face the challenges ahead. For many of us, the things that we put our identity in, the things that we put our security in have been stripped away. Tomorrow looks scary. Tomorrow, many of us still expect to feel overwhelmed about circumstances that we face. Many of us feel like we lack the inner resources to face what lies ahead. Tomorrow looks exhausting. You know, even for those of us who are doing okay, we still can feel overwhelmed, exhausted, isolated at times. For many of us, Christ is risen. I mean, it sounds great on Easter Sunday, but we don't really expect it uh, to make much of a difference on Monday. The belief in Jesus as our Savior seems like something that affects our eternity, but not our everyday lives. You know, we view salvation kind of like an insurance policy that we just keep in a drawer you know, to cash in after, after we die, someday when we go to heaven, but not something that'll transform today and tomorrow. You know, imagine this. Imagine that you get a phone call from an attorney and he tells you that a long lost relative of yours has won the lottery, a $700 jackpot lottery. And your relative has decided to give a million dollars to each one of his each one of his relatives, and uh, you know, you're gonna get a million dollars and you're just, you just instantly feel relieved and you feel this peace knowing that all your bills are gonna be paid immediately. But then the lawyer tells you that your relative didn't choose the lump sum option, but rather the annuity option. And so each year he's gonna get a payment and he's gonna give a million dollars each year to a relative. And because you're a distant relative, you've been assigned year 23. And so you'll receive a million dollars 23 years from now, which is still good news. I mean, that's, that's great, right? I mean, it's nice that it's gonna help you in the way distant future. But then you hang up your phone and you look at your desk and you've got all these bills that need to get paid right now. You know, I think very often we look at Easter and salvation this way. It, it's great to know that we're gonna go to heaven someday, but we're actually feeling pretty overwhelmed right now. But what if I told you, maybe we have misunderstood the salvation that Jesus offers? You know, let me ask you, what what does the word salvation mean to you? Salvation can sound like one of those old school uh, churchy words that means, you know, basically getting your ticket punched so that when you die, you'll go to heaven. For many people, salvation means, you know, knowing the right answer, praying the right prayer, going through the right religious class, uh, doing enough write things that you, you know, escape the bad place and you go to the good place when you die. For many people, being saved means making sure I do the minimum requirements to get into heaven someday. Now, of course, we do have areas of life where we focus on the minimum requirements, meeting the minimum requirements. You know, for example, think about the last time you went to the, uh, the DMV, the Department of Motor Vehicles. Some of you are like, yeah, yeah, Ben, the DMV is actually the bad place I want to avoid that you were talking about. But at the DMV, I mean, I'm just concerned about meeting the minimum requirements, right? I mean, I I just want to know what are the documents I need to bring to the counter. I look and I need one from column A, two from column B. And, you know, that's it. I mean, I'm just doing the minimum requirements. I'm not going beyond that. I mean, I, I don't go to the DMV for the experience. I mean, I might pray more when I'm there, 
but I'm praying, you know, Lord, you know, get me out of here. And so I'm concerned at the DMV with just doing the minimum, you know, to get out of there. And then life goes back to normal. But here's the reality. Sometimes we treat God that way. We might show up at church now and then, you know, we pray a prayer, we recite a creed, maybe we partake in uh, some kind of, of, of sacrament, but then we leave and God goes on the back burner. You know, sure, you know, now during a crisis, uh, many of us have a heightened awareness of God and maybe we pray more, we read scripture more, we look to someone or something to bring us hope. But what about when the crisis is over? Will Christ is risen matter then? Or like an insurance policy, does it just go back in the drawer to be cashed in sometime way, way later in the future? Problem I, wanna, I want us to recognize today is that Jesus didn't talk about salvation the way that we often think about it. The salvation Jesus brings has less to do with getting you into heaven later on and more to do with getting heaven into you right now. Jesus came and he lived and he died and he arose to bring heaven into your life right now. And so here's the big idea for today's message that I hope will begin to, to rock your world like it did those who lived in the first century. Salvation isn't just for someday, it's for today. This understanding of salvation has just totally changed my life. Salvation isn't just for someday. It is for today. In fact, the primary word that Jesus uses over and over again as a synonym for salvation is the word life. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so when Jesus offers salvation, he offers life. Now, I want us to wrestle with this a little bit. What, what, what do you think it means when Jesus says that salvation is life? Something that I think he makes really clear here is that salvation is not just for someday, it is for today. Now, how do I know? Well, when he said this phrase, have life, in the original language, it's present tense. You begin to experience this life, not someday, not in the future, today, right now. Uh, but what does it mean when, when Jesus says life? In the original language, there's actually two words for life, two words that get translated, two different words that get translated into the English word life. One is this word bios, bios. Would you say that with me, ready? Bios. Bios is the root word for biology. It refers to physical life, the physical dimension of life. It can also refer to chronological life. The average bios life includes 250,000 hours of sleep, 76,000 meals, and 200,000 trips to the bathroom. Yeah, most of those actually happen in the second half of life. All of that is bios life. Every one of us has a bios life right now. But in itself, it's not fulfilling. I mean, even if you gratify all your physical desires, I mean, it just leaves you feeling empty and wanting more. That's why sometimes we feel like we're going through life, but we have no life going through us. A second word for life in the New Testament is the word Zoe, Zoe. Yeah, let's try this one too. Would you say this with me, ready? Zoe, yeah. Zoe includes a bios kind of life, but it goes way beyond. Bios is about quantity of life. Zoe is about quality of life that only comes from God. 
Zoe life, it fills your heart and it changes every area of your life. Zoe life ultimately refers to eternal life, the kind of life that you were born for, the kind of life that you were, you were meant to live for, the kind of life that never ends. And you know what? This is the good news. Zoe life is salvation. In fact, when Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and uh, have it to the full, guess what word he uses for life here? Zoe. Zoe life. And so when Jesus says, I came to give you life, I mean, he's not just talking about a beating heart and 78.7 years of existence. Jesus is talking about a quality of life that changes your past and your present and your future. Jesus takes your bios life and he turns it into Zoe life. He offers a quality of life that is truly life. You find an eternal kind of life that you experience, not just someday, but today. So, so what is this eternal kind of life? Well, Jesus defines eternal life just once, just one time in the New Testament. We find it in a prayer he gave that's recorded in John chapter 17, where he says, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life, Zoe life, is knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ. But the knowing that he refers to here is not just a mental knowing about, it's a relational knowing. Uh, for example, I know about LeBron James and how he's won three NBA championships, but I know the people in my life group. We, we share life together. We, we gather together on Tuesday nights. I know about Les Paul, I know that he was born in Waukesha. He invented the electric guitar. He made some really great music. But I know the staff members at River Glen Church because we're on mission together with Jesus and we meet almost every day, even if it's on Zoom right now. There's a, there's a difference between mentally knowing about and relationally knowing. And let's just keep it real this uh, Easter. You know, some of us, some of us know about Jesus. We know about his birth on Christmas, that he claimed to be God. He died on a cross. But we don't really know Jesus. However, Jesus says that you can know him relationally. You can have this amazing Zoe life, eternal life, when you focus on knowing him. Author uh, John Ortberg uh, describes it uh, this way, this kind of life. He says, this kind of knowing God that is eternal life is an interactive relationship where I experience God's presence and favor and power in my real life on this earth. And so here's the good news this Easter. Many of us feel alone this Easter, whether you're physically alone or not. We have this ache of isolation in our soul. But the salvation that Jesus brings is his presence. He's with you today and he's with you tomorrow. And every day after that, life is found in his presence. Many of us feel inadequate this Easter. Maybe we can't do the job that we used to do. Maybe we feel stress from financial certainty. But the salvation of Jesus is favor, not, not based on what you've done or what you have, but on God's love, Jesus' love for you, for who you are and who he created you to be. Life is found in his favor. You know, many of us, most of us feel like life's just getting the best of us this Easter. We feel tired and overwhelmed, but the salvation of Jesus 
includes his power. His spirit comes into your life and enables you to do and be things you could never do and be on your own. Here's the good news this Easter. Salvation isn't just for someday. It is for today. You can experience the presence and the favor and the power of Jesus in a way that transforms your today and all your tomorrows. And that's exactly what Jordan has experienced. Jordan started attending our Pewaukee campus. I want you to hear his story. Take a look. My name is Jordan Roberson. I, uh, we're going to River Glen going on two years. Let me uh, kind of start from the beginning. So I was born and raised in the church. And um, that was the um, fourth stage. I like to call it because I had to go because my mom was going. That went on for some years. And by the time I was 14, I left the care of my mom's house and was out on my own. Imagine a 15-year-old with his own place and a job and no adult supervision. That was my life for a few years, and uh, it all adds up to trouble. And that went on for like 15 years, like a decade plus. So uh, one day I wake up, and um, mind you, I'm, I'm still in Milwaukee this whole time, and uh, something was like, you need to get out of the city. So the thing that I thought I would never do in my life again was live at my mom's house. She opened her doors and said, oh yeah, come on, I got a room for you. Which she did. <laughs> it was set up for me and everything. She was, she was waiting and had been praying for that for so long. Then uh, I get a message from my then ex-girlfriend, now wife. And uh, so she starts living out there and we end up getting married. She really couldn't take it out there because Wisconsin Rapids, if you don't know, there's not much out there. It's a lot of woods and a Walmart. (laughs) We moved again uh, out to Sussex. So we were about seven minutes away from uh, the Pewaukee campus. So we started attending there. She made a decision to start signing me up for stuff. I, I couldn't tell her no. But I liked it. Um, I went through um, Alpha uh, November 2nd of 2019. I got baptized. I was on the way to having my life turned around. But uh, Alpha gave me a big push in the direction I was already headed. With this this current situation that we're all going through, um, a lot of people are scared and panicky. And uh, since I've been married, I've been stay-at-home dad. So I've found more peace now than um, before. I mean, just because some of the hustle and bustle is toned down a little bit more because so much stuff is closed. Uh, The, like, stresses that I have more so don't come from the virus. It comes from um, trying to play teacher in the house from a two different kids, trying to give as much one-on-one time as I can to uh, each child. One of our kids' favorite songs is uh, Gonna See a Victory. And um, I know and have known for a few years now that uh, we have the victory already. And as long as you you know, you know stay grounded, you, uh, you have the victory already, so you really don't have anything to worry about. 
What Jesus offered to his followers in the first century, the life he offered them, he offered to Jordan, he offers to you, and he offers to me a life filled with his presence and favor and, and power, a life that is truly life. So how do we find that life? Well, we find that life by saying yes to Jesus. Saying yes to Jesus is not just giving the, the right answer or praying the right prayer or doing enough good things to avoid going to the bad place. It means saying yes to following him and knowing him and living your life with him. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, I want you to know our church would love to help you. Uh, we exist to, to make more and better followers of Jesus. And it begins by saying yes to Jesus. You know, I wonder, have you ever said yes to something that you regretted? A regrettable yes? Probably all of us have. You know, maybe you said yes to a new cable provider and then the rate tripled three months into a two-year contract. Or maybe you said yes to a date with someone and you spent the evening hearing all about their rock collection. Maybe you said yes uh, to a restricted diet. I did this one time. I went on a low-carb diet and about three days into it, I, I quit. I, I was just craving bread. I mean, all of us have said regrettable yeses. But you know what? You will never say yes to Jesus and regret it. Recently, I've heard uh, many people say things like, I just can't wait till things get back to normal. You know, I've even caught myself saying that or, or thinking that. Maybe you have too. But I want to say that I have, I, have, I have much higher hopes than that. Because normal for many people was a bios life. Normal for many people was being so preoccupied with making a living, we didn't get around to making a life. Normal was spiritually lukewarm. We don't want to go back to normal. I believe what we're going through is a wake-up call and a great opportunity for more of us to say yes to Jesus and the Zoe life that, that he offers. And so today, I want to challenge you to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Now, maybe you've never had anybody ask you to do that, or maybe you felt like you weren't enough or your past was too much. But Jesus invites you into a life-giving relationship no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. Will you say yes? If you want to say yes to Jesus, I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to click on the banner that's going to come up right below me. It says welcome, or click on the link that your host is going to post for you and check the box that says, today I decided to follow Jesus. We'd love to follow up and, and help you to take next steps following and knowing Jesus. Let us know so that we can take this journey together. Now, we had planned uh, to do baptisms this, this Easter. In, in the video, you saw Jordan got baptized. His wife, Samantha, actually baptized him. I thought that was really cool. Because when you decide to start following Jesus, baptism is your next step. In baptism, you express your faith in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of, of, of Jesus. Uh, that was our plan, but because of the coronavirus and the pandemic and social distancing, we had to change our plans. And so here's how we're going to do baptisms. It's, it's much safer, uh, lots of social distance. <laughs> But seriously, if you're interested in getting baptized, we would be glad to help you. Click on that welcome banner or link and check the box to find out more about baptism. And we would love to discuss a couple options with you. But saying yes to Jesus isn't just a one-time decision. It's a decision that we make 
Every day, as, as we live our, our, our lives with Jesus at the center and as we carry out his mission in the world, maybe saying yes to Jesus today, maybe it means asking for prayer. This is such an important time for us to pray, especially for one another. Prayer is powerful, especially when, when more people pray for you. So click on that welcome banner or link and let us know how we can pray for you. You know, if you're worried about something, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough for us to pray about. And uh, write it down in that box for prayer requests. We would be honored to pray for you. We have a, a prayer team in our church that will specifically pray on your behalf. Another important way to say yes to Jesus is by connecting with other Jesus followers in one of our groups. I mean, I want everybody to practice social distancing. That's important for everybody, but not social isolation. Right now, 100% of our groups meet online using this Zoom uh, platform. It's uh, super easy. You just uh, click on a link and, and you're ready to go. Uh, I think it kind of looks like the Brady Bunch a little bit. Maybe some of you are introverts. Maybe you've kind of avoided a group. Listen, this is like an introvert's dream small group. You don't even have to be in the same room with other people. It's a great technology for, for all of us uh, to use. Our groups use it to study God's word and encourage one another and pray for one another. We also have a brand new alpha group getting ready to start this coming week. In, in the video, Jordan talked about how, how helpful alpha was in, in his life, helping him to find Jesus and, and new life. Alpha is a great place for those who are new to groups and want to explore faith with others. You watch a short video in Zoom and then you discuss it with others. It's a safe place to ask questions and get connected with others. If you're not already in a group, click on the welcome banner or link and check the box to find out more about groups or check the box for Alpha. And we'll reach out to you about one of our new online groups starting up. Finally, we say yes to Jesus through communion. The, the, the bread or, or crackers represent his body. The juice or some other beverage represents his, his blood. I, I tell you what, I think it's just brilliant and so meaningful how Jesus chose bread to represent his body, his life, his salvation. Bread is available you know, all over the world. And I love to eat bread. I mean, I love the smell of fresh bread baked bread. Bread is not only filling, it's very satisfying, just like the life that Jesus offers to us. Take a look at how scripture describes Jesus. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. The bread of God is Jesus. And what does he give? He gives life to the world. And guess what word it uses for life? Zoe, Zoe life. That's right. In communion, we celebrate that Jesus has given us eternal life through a relationship with him. And so I'm gonna pray for us and then we invite you to share communion at, at home. I hope that you'll grab uh, some juice or another beverage or, and, and, some, and some bread or, or, or crackers and say yes to Jesus through communion. And then we have a new song, a new song that we wanna share with you. Let me pray for us. Lord, I ask that you would come and, and move and just fill the hearts of those who are saying yes to you today. 
We not only acknowledge that you are the risen Jesus, but that you give us a life that is truly life. Lord, I ask you to fill all of our hearts right now with your presence that we would know we are never alone. I ask that you fill all of us with your favor that we would know we are loved and that you would fill all of us with your spirit's power that we would be empowered to face anything that lies ahead. God, I ask that you would fill all of us with your presence, favor, and power and that we would embrace salvation in Jesus and life that is truly life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.